You're listening to Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Gruesome and Unnatural. I'm Shelly. And I'm Eric. And this is episode three. This story is about the Diet Love Pass incident. We have maybe talked about it, heard, uh, seen some videos oh, a long we talked about time it a lot. Mm-hmm. Seen a few videos on YouTube about it. And it's one of the strangest, eerie, and most like, uh, you know, conspiracy surrounded. Definitely. Case I've seen. So, uh. I'm ready for this one. Yeah, let's get into it. So this story happened in January of 1959 in northern Ural Mountains located in Soviet Union, Russia. Which is Russia today. So there was 10 Soviet trekkers who were very experienced and they were going on a skiing expedition. They were grade two hikers with ski tour experience. And when they returned, they were going to receive grade three. Sick. Yeah, hell yeah. So their ultimate goal was getting to Otorten Mountain. And many of them were engineers at the Polytechnical Institute. So some smart guys. Hell yeah. Yeah. And two girls. Smart people. Exactly. Eight males and two females. I'm going to butcher these names, but I'm going to try my hardest, you guys. They're all Russian hard names. But We don't speak we Russian. So we have Igor Dyatlov. He was the leader of the group. He was 23 years old and he was a radio engineering student. We also have Yuri Doryoshenko, who was 21 years old, and he was also a radio engineering student. We have Ludmila Dubanina. She was 21 years old. She was an engineering and economics major. And just a little side note that I read, uh, in 1957, she was hiking in the Eastern Sayan Mountains. I think you say it. Sayan Mountains. And was actually shot in the leg by a hunter. Damn. Got to be wearing your blaze orange back there. Then we have Yuri Grivinashenko, who was 23 years old. He was a good friend of Igor's, and he actually accompanied him on a lot of the expeditions that, they, that he went on. And he studied construction and hydraulics and graduated in 1957. Next, we have Alexander Kolvatov, who was 24 years old. He was a physics major and studying nuclear physics. Next, we have Zaneda Komagrova. She was 22 years old and a radio engineering major. Uh, another little crazy note. Uh, during a trip that she had taken, she was bitten by a viper. Damn. Uh, we have Rustam Slobodin, who was 23 years old, and he graduated in 1958. Nikolai Thibo, who was 23 years old. And then we have Semyon Zolotaryov who was 38 years old, and he was obviously the oldest one in the group, and he graduated from the Institute of Physical Education. And lastly, we have Yuri Yudin, who was 21 years old. So their trip started on January 23rd of 1959, and this from the 23rd to around the 29th, uh, they took buses, they took uh, trains and stuff like that to get to this destination. But on the 28th, Yuri Y, he stopped the hike because he was in poor health and he just couldn't 
continue on. So only the nine of them went on to complete the expedition. On the 29th, the group made their way from Lazva to Ospia River on skis, and they spent the night there. And on the next day, on the 30th, they pitched their tents on the banks of Ospia River. And they actually kept a group diary together. They all had their own diaries, but they also had like a group diary. And they stated how cold it was. So when the temperature in the morning was negative 17 degrees, during the day it was negative 13 degrees, and at night it got down to negative 26 degrees. On the 31st, the group tried to take the shortest way to Lazva River, but ended up going back to Ospia River and spending another night there. And again, in their diary, they stated that the weather was getting worse and how bad the wind was and how much it was snowing at the time. And then they actually got a late start the next day and then they ended up going off their planned route, which I don't understand kind of how that happened because they're very experienced. I don't know if they had been in this area before. I don't believe they had been, but yeah, they got off route. So they pitched their tents on February 1st on the north slope of Colette Schiekel, and that would be the last night that they would be alive. And ironically, the Mansi people that lived in Russia, uh, they translated this mountain to Dead Mountain, and some referred to the place that they were trying to reach was Mount Atorton as Don't Go There, which was kind of creepy, if you, yeah. say, you know, ironically. No. Uh, so before leaving the expedition, Igor said that he was going to send a telegram informing their sports club of their return on February 12th. But when Yuri Y went back because of poor health, Igor told him that it would be longer than the 12th. The 12th came and it went and the group didn't return. But no one was really worried because Yuri Y knew, you know, that they would probably be late. But by the 20th of February, relatives of the missing were worried and they demanded a search operation. So they ended up searching for these hikers. On February 21st, the search began, and there was 120 men that went on the search for the, the missing hikers. Igor was supposed to file a certain re uh, required document for the trip, which included a map of their expedition, but he had failed to do so. And the rescue for them was a lot harder because they had no idea where they were, really. And they actually got somewhat of a location of where they were headed because people were overhearing their plans before they left, and they knew that they were headed to a Torton Mountain. So teams were put together uh, to go look for the group. The team searched for six days, and finally, on February 26th, the men split into three groups. The first group went south, where they believed the group may have gone after, after they descended from a Torton Mountain, if they had potentially even made it there. The second group searched around the Ospia River for any tracks and for the camp where they had lightened their load and left some belongings. The third group followed the ski trail that the group had taken, which led them to Colette Siekel Mountain, finding a torn tent that had belonged to the group. So the man who found the tent had said, quote, the tent was half torn down and covered with snow and all the group's belongings and shoes had been left behind. And the investigators on the case also said that the tear on the tent had came from the inside. Like they were in such a rush to get out of this tent that they couldn't even unzip it. They had to cut from the inside to get out. And they also found nine sets of footprints, but the footprints were left by people that were either wearing socks, one shoe, or they complete, they were completely barefoot. And the footprints led down to the edge of a nearby wood area, and it was on the opposite side of, of the pass that they, you know, where they had uh, set their tents up. And they also found remains of a small fire. So it was on, the Feb on February 27th that they found the first of the two bodies of the group, which were Yuri K and Yuri D. The next three were to be found were Igor, Zaneda, and Rustam. And the last four 
uh, were found in kind of the same area, which was Ludmila, Semyon, Alexander, and Nikolai. So this is where it gets crazy, is their, their injuries. Uh, their first two that were found were Yuri K and Yuri D, and they were found under large Siberian pine tree, and the branches on the tree were broken up to five meters high. And investigators suggested that maybe, maybe one of them had climbed up the tree to see where their camp was because they got lost or confused where they were, and, you know, because they just left so quickly out of the tent. Uh, or they were climbing up the tree to get away from something, maybe an animal, person, who knows. And Yuri D was found face down wearing underwear, a shirt, and no shoes. He was wearing wool socks, but they were different, like different sets of socks. They were, yeah, different ones on his feet. And the left sock was burnt, and he had a total of 15 injuries to his face and body. He was found, he was found with a moss and pine needle particles in his hair, and the hair on the right side of his head was burnt, and he had bruises all over his body. His lips, his nose, his ears were covered with blood, and gray liquid is coming out of his mouth, which investigators think that may have been from someone or something pressing on his chest cavity so hard. And they found spots of liver mortis. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it's pooling of the blood after you die. Say you die on your back. All the blood will sit on the back you know, of your body. And say you were moved and put on your stomach, investigate, you know, that you, they would be able to tell that you died on your back and that you were moved from the way that your blood was in your, you know, the way that blood moved in your body. So he had, was found with little spots of that, thinking that he was actually moved after death. And Yuri K, he was found face up. In an undershirt, a long sleeve checkered shirt, long underpants, a torn sock on his left foot, and no shoes. He had a total of 22 injuries to his face and body. He had bruises on his face, on his forehead, uh, both left and right side of his head as well. The tip of his nose was missing with no trace of blood. And investigators may think that an animal had bitten it off after he was already dead. And he had frostbitten ears and a portion of his own skin from his right hand was found in his mouth. And some skin was detached from his left hand as well. Between the pine tree and their camp is where they located Igor, Zaneda, and Rustam. They all died in positions suggesting to investigators that they may have been attempting to get back to their tents. Igor was uh, clothed with an unbuttoned fur vest, which is weird because in the cold I, you would think that he would be buttoned up uh, his hands were clenched into fists and were folded in front of his chest and he had two different socks on he had a cotton one and a wool one and no shoes Igor had a total of 16 injuries to his face body and his hands he had dried blood on his lips and abrasions all over his face bruising to both of his hands which are brown and red and that was kind of indicating that he may have been fighting somebody Zaneda was found face down with her head facing the tent and was better dressed than the others in the group and had a total of 10 injuries, mostly to her face and the right side of her torso. Investigators said that the wound resembled a, a baton. Okay, so Rustin was found face down with his head facing the tent and better dressed than the others in the group. And he had one boot on. He had a total of 12 injuries to his face and his body. He had hemorrhages in his muscles, traces of blood coming from his nose, swollen lips, and face with small abrasions all over his face. He had bruised knuckles indicating that he may, may have been fighting someone, just like uh, Igor. His skin was torn off from his right forearm, and the front of his skull was fractured. 
So the last four were found in a ravine that was hidden under under the extremely cold winds. They believed that they had made this themselves to get away from all the wind and everything. And that was about 70 to 75 meters from the tree and from where the others were found. The first to be found was Ludmila. She was found on her knees with her chest and face pressed up against a rock. She was wearing short sleeves, a long sleeve, two sweaters, which one of them had been tested radioactive. And she was wearing two pairs of pants, but the outer pants were burnt and ripped. She had a total of 10 injuries. The soft tissue was missing around her eyes, eyebrows, and the bridge of her nose. And her left cheek was partially exposed and her eyes were missing. Her nose was broken and it was flattened. The soft tissue of her upper lip was missing and upper jaw and teeth were exposed. And her tongue was also missing. She had four broken ribs on her right side, six broken ribs on her left side. And when they performed the autopsy, they believed that her heart was still beating and the the blood was still flowing in her uh, body when her tongue was removed. Wow. Yeah. What the fuck? That's so crazy. Um, scary as fuck. Oh my God. So Nikolai was dressed for the cold from head to toe, but was way more prepared than the rest of the group. And in the case that like, almost like he knew that he might have to escape, uh, from what I read. And he wore two watches on his left arm. So one of them stopped at eight fourteen, and the other stopped at eight thirty nine. And there was also liver mortis spots on his upper body and neck. I would love to know why he's wearing two watches. I just found that interesting. He had a total of three injuries, a, fa- a fractured skull, bruised upper lip on the left side, and a hemorrhage on the lower forearm. The last two bodies found were Alexander and Semyon. They were found holding each other, and Alexander was trying to, like, he was trying to protect him or, like, attempting to keep him, you know, from the cold and try to keep him warm. Semyon was found fully clothed and with a camera around his neck, and he was found holding a pen and a notepad, but there was nothing written on it. He had a total of four injuries. His eyes were also missing, and he was missing the soft tissue around his left eyebrow, and the bone was exposed. There was a wound on the right side of his head, and his skull was exposed. He had five broken ribs on his right side. And Alexander was found... He had a couple shirts on, a couple sweaters, and a ski jacket that was unzipped and damaged with a hole on the left sleeve, and it was also burnt, and he as well had no shoes on. His sweater and parts of his pants tested radioactive, and he had a total of seven injuries. He had very little soft tissue around his eyes, and his eyebrows were missing, his skull was exposed, and he had a broken nose, an open wound behind one of his ears, and a deformed neck. His skin had a gray-green color with a touch of purple purple to it. A few months later, after they found these bodies, the Soviet Union declared the hikers uh, that they had died from, quote, an insurmountable force of nature. And that was it. But on July 11th of 2020, it was announced that an avalanche was the official cause of death to the group, and they all died of hypothermia, besides Nikolai, who was believed to die from major skull damage. And Yuri Yudin was the man that stayed behind. And he lived with his friends dying this horrific way for the rest of his life. He actually never got married. He dug himself into work so he wouldn't have to deal with all the depression of his friends that died. And he ended up dying on April 27th, uh, 2013, at the age of 75. And his ashes were buried next to the remains of all the ones at Diet Love, of the Diet Love group. So there are so many theories as to what happened to these hikers. Um, 
I've heard, I don't know if I could be totally wrong, but I've heard up to like 65 different theories, but I'm just going to list off 19 to you right now that have been thrown out there. So there's a theory of KGB that they were mistaken for the Gulag fugitives, Radio Zondas, Special Forces, Manzi, Shrooms, Avalanche slash Snow Slab, UFO, Secret Launches, Infrasound, Yeti, Teleportation Experiment, Lightning Strike or a Ball Lightning, Gravity Fluctuation, Catabatic Wind, Wolverine, Methanol Poisoning, Altercation on the Pass, or Arctic Hysteria. Those are just some of the theories out there. Do you so, have any so you think it was uh, the avalanche? Fuck no. Hell no. I cannot believe they ended up ruling it as an av- avalanche. I just think that's so ridiculous. They ended, Actually, it was yeah the avalanche and the snow slab is what they said was the official cause of death. I think that's complete bullshit. My opinion. Okay, um, yeah, I was going to say that I think it's uh, definitely the Russian government because I just thought it was weird that the some of their clothing was tested radioactive. Uh, I actually believe it was two sweaters and a pair of pants that were tested radioactive. And the pants were 5,000 DPM. One of the sweaters was 5,600 DPM. The other sweater was 9,900 DPM. And according to this website, 10,000 DPM is fatal within weeks. And like 5,000 is like regular or something I've read. Yeah, according to this website, it says a single dose, which would kill half of those exposed to it within a month. A single dose of it with 5,000. I just think that's so weird that they, you know, were tested radioactive. But I definitely think the government had something to do with it. It seemed very, a little shady. Yeah, for what, sure. Yeah. What do you think? It sounds like something government would do. Just say it was like some natural cause avalanche. After that long, too, in 2020? 2020, 2020? I mean, was it 1959? Definitely mm-hmm. testing of nuclear bombs were going off of yeah. all different types of weapons. So who knows what anyone was really testing? Definitely agree with that. Yes, absolutely. Um, what I've seen in like videos and stuff about it was the camera they had with them when they found the bodies, there was one set up on a tripod. Yeah, there was. Yep. So that's like super suspicious to me because in some kind of emergency avalanche, why would you set up a tripod right afterwards to have proof of an avalanche? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. A lot like of people you're li- thought you're literally like trying to take a picture of something going off or something happening right in front of you that you can't explain. So you want to take a picture of it. And I don't think an avalanche is like, it might be, who knows? But to me, they were taking a picture of something way out of the normal. Definitely, yeah. If, if, um, there's a bunch of pictures. I'll post them. And also, if you go to dialofpass.com, there's a bunch of pictures actually from that camera. Yeah, and it's I've like seen this them. weird white spot or something. White spot, but you can't even make out what the picture is, really. No, so can't. it's like, could it just be a lens flare? I don't know. Who, who, who the hell knows, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, but one thing I did hear was that other people that were around, some Mansi people and some other explorers that were around the area, I think they were like geologists or something. Um, I could be wrong about that. Don't quote me. But they all saw these orbs in the sky, these glowing orbs. So they were reported about that. Oh, crazy. I heard that. Um, so, fuck, I mean, yeah, there's you can so even many. start talking about aliens at that point. Who yeah, knows? exactly, yeah. I mean, you know, a little asteroid or something hitting the earth or coming out of there yeah exactly um i also read 
uh, during my research that a cryptic message or passage was written in a newspaper that the students had brought with them. And it said, from now on, we know that the snowman exists. Like the Yeti uh, yes. conspiracies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I really like that one. Not that I believe it, but that's just fun. Yeah, right? Yeah, Not totally. that they died or anything, totally. but... Totally. You know, the Yeti. Wow. Yeah. Um, Yuri Yudin, the one who was the one that, you know, was the only one that was alive, he insisted that his friends were accidentally killed by powerful weapons. He said that until the I day can he get, died. I can get on board with that more. Yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah, it just sounds... Like I said, it sounds like some shady government shit. Definitely. That would happen over there. And saying it's an accident. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, 100% behind that. My own opinion. But I that's totally what I believe. I just, yeah, if you guys would love like to message me on Instagram and tell me what you guys think, I'm dying to know what everyone thinks about what happened to these hikers. See how many Yeti freaks are out there. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just would love to hear anything. So Dude, leave some me Yeti comments. Come on, people. On Instagram, gruesome and unnatural. Leave me um, some comments. Yeah, I'm going to post all the, a bunch a of pictures, too. Weird, weird case. It is. It is. Dietlovepass.com, you guys. There are so many pictures because they had all these cameras, especially that one that was found around one of their necks. Yuri Yudin, the one that had been hiking with them and stayed back, he never seen that camera before, which is kind of weird. So, yeah, there's so many unbelievable amount of pictures. Which could just be in the bag. Yeah, true. Yeah. You never know, but... Yeah. Fascinating. I want to know what everyone thinks. Tell us what you think. Yes. Until next time, you guys. Keep your head on a swivel. And stay safe. And criminals, watch the fuck out. Peace.